So as usual, we uh, appreciate everyone uh, who is here with us today. Um, and just a, a word to our, to our visitors, if you're visiting with us today, um, I'd like to make this point extremely clear. I'm not the preacher here. So I've met some of you already, and I just want to make that clear. I'm not the preacher. Um, so if you, if, you don't like, if you don't like what I have to say, uh, please come back and hear our, our preacher. He's very, very good. Um, and, uh, and if you like what I had to say, he's even better. So, you know, he's, I know he's really great. Uh, he's, uh, he's on vacation right now, and uh, so he'll be, he'll be back this week. Um, so before I get started, just kind of, a, kind of some public service announcements, I guess. Uh, this is kind of the first time I've had the stage, and I also wanted to, to bring up one thing to you guys um, from a personal fam familial level. Um, so a lot of you guys read the email that my mom, uh, this last week, uh, two days ago, I think Friday, she fell and she broke her arm. Um, so she's, uh, she's on the mend, she's back home, she may have surgery, but she was actually in the, in, in the van, so she fell out of, out of the van trying to get down, so it was a harder, longer fall than uh, just kind of simply falling. So she, she broke her, uh, her right arm, uh, probably gonna require some surgery, um, and somehow it'll make this Randy's fault, but you know, it's, it's probably not. Uh, Randy has neuropathy. <laughs> they can share all the medication now, it's great. Now, um, so yeah, my mom, so yeah, pray, pray for her, and so she's bummed that she can't be here today, obviously, with, with y'all and, and to hear me. Um, but also, uh, so one thing that's going on in our life is that, so my, the job, the company that I work for um, is basically getting rid of its construction arm, and I'm a part of that construction arm. And so uh, the company that I work for is going to be getting rid of uh, uh, the engineering, the procurement, the construction, I'm part of the procurement, and my kind of last day with that company will be in January. Um, so I've been uh, on the look for jobs and hunting, um, so just if you want us to stay here and find a good job here, pray real hard. Uh, I've been trying to you know, find a lot of good opportunities here, lots of good interviews, nothing has stuck yet, so uh, please you know, continue to pray. Um, I do want to stay in the, in the solar uh, energy field uh, since the outlook there is bright. <laughs> solar joke, yes. Um, so anyway, that's kind of what is going on uh, with me. So yeah, be, be praying. Obviously it's, it's stressful, but we have some time and I get a nice little payout when we're done, so I should be okay to stay for a while. Um, so in the past few weeks, uh, our family has had birth on the mind, okay? And uh, Jace, why do we, who, who was recently, who, who recently had a baby? Aunt Julie, right, my sister, your aunt. She recently had a baby, the very first uh, baby girl um, that we kind of have in our little uh, nucleus of a family there. Um, so we're very excited about that. Um, and so any of you that have birthed a baby or been involved in birthing a baby, you know, understand how important, you know, breathing is, right? There's this breathing aspect um, that's very important, especially when you're, you know, having contractions. Um, now, my first two kids were born early. We didn't have contractions, so we didn't have to deal with that. But my third uh, went full term, and we did. And I think, if I remember correctly, we actually called Corey and Dina and asked them to run us through the, birth, the, the breathing practices because I didn't, we hadn't done it before. We're kind of, so we talked, I think we talked to you about that, did we? It did, okay. So, um, yeah, so we, we kind of, we went through that with you guys and just learned how to do it. And breathing was very important. Uh, so put a pin in that, hold on to breathing and we're gonna come back to it, okay. If you've been here for any amount of time, you know that we're going through the book of Exodus. Um, and Exodus 1, specifically, is a curious uh, and important story. And so let's just set the, let's just set the, set the back story here. So in Exodus 1, I'm sorry, so, so in the back story, before we get to Exodus 1, 
you know, Joseph has been born to Jacob, and he has 11 other brothers, and I think he even has a sister. But his, he, his dad loves him, his, uh, his brothers don't, so eventually his brothers, they sell him into slavery, and he uh, ends up, you know, in prison uh, in Egypt. Well, through God's helping hand, eventually Joseph, you know, raises through the ranks there, and he becomes the, uh, the right-hand man to Pharaoh, you know, second in command. Uh, eventually, his brothers come back. He forgives his brothers. He invites his brothers and all of his family now to stay in the land of Egypt, um, especially anticipating the famine that's coming or the famine that has come. And so, you know, and so there you've got this, this nation um, of, uh, you know, of his brothers and sisters. They're not having lots of children, right? They're doing very, very well. And they're continuing to grow, continuing to, to multiply. Um, and so over time, as pharaohs and kings tend to do, some die off and some, come, and some new ones come in. And so we have a pharaoh or a king eventually over time who is you know, now you know, ruling who doesn't know Joseph and doesn't know this, this nation uh, of Israel as we come to know it, this nation of Israel, and is getting a little bit afraid of their sheer numbers. right? So he's afraid of how many there are. And he starts to take action and puts the, uh, puts the Israelites into, uh, you know, slavery and servitude and uh, really makes life uh, hard on them. And so now let's turn over, with you will, to Exodus uh, chapter 1. That's kind of our backstory with Pharaoh being upset at the, uh, the sheer size of this nation. So here we are, Exodus 1, chapter 15, if you want to follow along, or uh, verse 15. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shipra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? And the midwives answered Pharaoh. They said, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They're vigorous, and they give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, every boy, every Hebrew boy that is born to you must be thrown into the Nile, but let every girl live. So here we are. Even though we've got this, you know, the, the servitude, the slavery that's going on, the Hebrew men are still making babies, okay? They're coming home and watching Netflix and chilling. I don't know what they're doing. There's not much going on after that, but they're making babies. And the Pharaoh is afraid that their population is continuing to increase, right? It's not working what was happening. And so I think personally, this is kind of my personal take on what, on what was said here, is that he tries to go into this a little bit secretive at first. He says, okay, midwives, complications can happen at childbirth. Anytime there's a boy, I want this child to die during childbirth. That's kind of the way I'm interpreting this. So he kind of tries to go about it a little bit secretive. So, of course, the midwives respond, before we get there, right, the babies are in the arms of the mothers. So we can't really get there and stop this, you know, and make these complications because they're already there having babies. And, of course, they're lying. They're not telling the truth. They're, they're, they're lying on behalf of the Hebrew um, of their God. 
and saving the and saving the boys. Um, you know, they're not like the Egyptian women, right? It's too quickly. By the time that we're there, the, the mothers and the children they're together. So first, let's talk about what a midwife is, really quick. So a midwife, according to the Midwife Alliance of North America, or MANA, that's pretty cool. Right? Midwives are the tradition. I guess I just, I just like that joke. You almost be on mute. Uh, midwives are the traditional care providers for mothers and infants. Midwives are trained professionals with expertise and skills in supporting women to maintain healthy pregnancies and have optimal births and recoveries uh, during the postpartum period. Midwives provide women with individual care uniquely suited to their physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and cultural needs. Right, and so these midwives are supporting, they're advocating for the mothers, um, and you know, helping them through these physical, these mental, these emotional stressing, stressing times. And these Hebrew midwives, you know, they're tough, right? They're very, very tough. And here's where we're going to come back to breathing. Let's, you know, here's where we're going to come back to breathing. Imagine what's going on here, the dual nature of what we can do with our breath, right? Out of one breath, they're lying to the Pharaoh, right? He is the most important, most powerful person in the country. And out of one breath, they're lying to the Pharaoh on behalf of God's people. And on the other half with their breath, they're breathing life, you know, through the mothers into these children, Right, into the boys, and not only into the boys, but into the birth of a nation. Right? Moses is a part of this crowd that's eventually going to be born. These midwives, these seemingly you know, very you know, simple, insignificant, a couple of blurbs in the Bible about them, midwives are helping to usher in this nation of God that you know, comes through, through Moses and the others and is so important to our foundation today. But through their breath, they're doing both things. Now let's turn to the Gospels. If you Go to John 14. We'll go to John 14. Because I'm going to make the connection that we've been given a midwife to. Here in John, just before this, uh, this is where Jesus is talking to his, his disciples. Um, and he tells them about uh, that he is the only way to the Father. And he goes on to start talking about the Holy Spirit. And here in verse 16, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. And he continues on in verse 26. Jesus says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Similarly, in Romans 8.25, the Spirit, it says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Right, that we don't even know what we ought to pray for, and the Spirit Himself intercedes through us and kind of knows what we're what we're what we're trying to get across. You know, we're kind of mumbling through our prayers, but He's helping to decipher. Here's what you really need. Here's what you really want. The midwives advocated for the Hebrew women, and advocated for God's holy nation, right? And the Spirit advocates for us today, 
The Spirit is there to assist the church as it labors to witness God's truth, His justice, His peace, His love. Right? And like, uh, like the midwife, the Spirit tends, to, tends carefully to the birth of this community of believers. The Spirit is there to comfort and to strengthen weaknesses um, when quitting looks so tempting. The Spirit is there to remind the community of its commitment to support and protect life, all life, right, from, from womb to tomb, covering all of it. The Spirit is there to draw the attention of the community that the needs of the poor. The Spirit is there to pray with God's children. The Spirit is there to help us preach the good news to all. There to be a light, light a fire in the belly for those who have grown weary and disillusioned. There to shed light in the darkness and there to prove that love empowers all who we are and all who we choose to become. And like a great and holy enabler, it's the Spirit who aids us in interpreting you know, who Jesus is and, um, and empowers us to follow in Jesus' ways. And so ask yourself, you know, what makes you, you know, nervous? What catches your breath? What causes your, your heart to, to skip a beat? You know, what are you laboring through? And I guess I'd ask that question to anybody here. You're welcome to answer. This is a, this is a real question. Um, you know, when you look at the Holy Spirit, you're talking about the Spirit of God in you, and what do you feel like it helps you get through? Like, specifically, if there's just one thing that you're saying, you know what, whenever this thing happens, or whenever I feel this way, or whenever I'm struggling in this way, specifically, I think that the Spirit helps me. Anybody? For health issues. Okay. So when you're... Okay. So when you're going through health issues and your back is hurt, you feel especially like the Spirit is, is helping you through this and empowering you. Okay? Good. Others? Maybe one more? Yeah, Nick. That's good. Doubt's always a big one. Doubt's something that's hard to, to really say out loud sometimes, but doubting his plan many times. Yep. It's a direction and purpose. It's kind of when you're not sure which direction to head in. Yeah. Direction. That's yeah. Where I good. No, that's, that's great. Donald, the last one. And Expectation. That's a good one. We could all use a little more of that. Uh, direct patience. Especially with kids, right? Uh, yeah, that, that, those are great. Um, you know, perhaps you're laboring through the death of a loved one. You know, perhaps you're uh, confusion about who you are, who you thought you were. Or maybe it's the healing process, you know, be- overcoming addiction. Simply trying to put two feet on the floor because you're waking up dealing with them, depression and anxiety. You know, maybe that's what you're going through. You know, what we're saying here is it, it all starts with it's just one breath. Let the Spirit, you know, help you through this.